As we get started, we're going to be talking about learning from Abraham yet again, and we're going to be picking up in Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse 1. And this is, um, I think this is going to be uh, uh, the the climax for Abraham's story um, as we're as we've been learning about him for so long. This is really like the a big focal point, um, and it's going to be circulated uh, around the moment that. God tested him to sacrifice his son Isaac. And so we're going to pick up in verses 1 through 4 to start off and continue on. It says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he split wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. So we're going to pause here and we're going to talk about the testing of trust. The testing of trust. And I think that within this story, we can pull that our level of obedience to God's word reveals our level of trust for God's word. Let me say that again. Our level of obedience to God's word reveals our level of trust for God's word. So this this testing moment, I think it's really um, interesting because the Bible says that God does not tempt us. But it does say that God does test us. The difference in a testing and a temptation is a, is a te- testing is something that you don't want to do that God is asking you to do. While a temptation is not doing something that you want to do. Y'all see the difference? Testing, God calling you to do something you don't want to do. Temptation, feeling that, that urge to, uh, to do something that you know you shouldn't do but you want to do. And when it comes to testing in this moment, we see Abraham set out on this call. When, when God says uh, uh, this moment of, of taking Isaac at, as a sacrifice, um, it's a big moment where God is testing the obedience of Abraham's heart, the, the wholehearted trust of Abraham, um, Abraham's declaration to God. He's, he's pretty much telling Abraham, y'all remember in the story, that this son is the, the long-awaited promise fulfilled that he's been waiting for decades. And now God is saying, the very thing that you've prayed for and longed for and I answered you of, I now want you to trust me with that. And Abraham goes out and he starts this journey to go to, to this place to, to make that sacrifice. And it's this this whole story is incredibly symbolic because um, there's so much symmetry that we can find to it being a reference um, for the coming of Jesus later, and even to the point where it says that it took him uh, on uh, three days to get there. It's like symbolizing that the three days that Jesus waited in the tomb before he was resurrected, um, like that that three day journey, and What's also interesting in this moment is that one one theory behind this peculiar uh, t- testing of that God gives Abraham 
is that this this at this ask um, that he has of Abraham is actually a common way that the people would worship in this neighboring regions. We see in other uh, moments of scripture, like in um, the books of First and Second Kings, in which it was very common for people to sacrifice their children to their pagan gods as a form of worship, and and so this is almost like uh, it's almost like as God is differentiating Himself from all of the other false gods or false pretenses that that humans have created. Um, he's he makes this moment of uh, of like meeting Abraham in the the carnality of this world, and and seeing this this testing moment. So, uh, the the point of Abraham answering this call, this this his setting out on obedience, it truly reveals his inward heart, his inward trust, and I think that. Um, the action that is behind Abraham's steps towards this destination, it, it really reveals the authentic trust within his heart. I, I think it goes back to the saying that actions speak louder than words. And any time that we are tested by God like that, I feel like it's simply that, that actions are louder than words. It, a testing moment is for us to really prove the authenticity of trust within our hearts. So, now that we get this concept of, of what te testing is, how it's a revealing of trust and a revealing of obedience, and how the difference between testing and temptation is that testing is doing something that you don't want to do, while temptation is choosing not to do something that you do want to do, let's go into where is the offering. This next part of uh, it continues on to say in Genesis 22 verses 5 through 8, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I, the boy, I, and I and the boy will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, "My father," and he said, "Here I am, my son." And he said, "Look, the fire and the wood." But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. So I think it, just because of the way that the story is told um, in, uh, in most translations, it seems as though that this is just like a little boy, like a five-year-old. But um, Isaac, by this time, the word that's used to describe him is lad, which is more of like closer to like 12 to 14 years old. Um, and so he's like a, 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 a young man at this point. And as he's uh, going, and that's how he's able to kind of put the pieces together. It's like, where's the sacrifice, Dad? <laughs> uh, it's because he's more, he's not just a little kid. He's, he's a young man at this point. And the symbolism behind here really shows that raw faith is having no plan B. Raw faith is having no plan B. The moment where Isaac asks his father, where is the sacrifice? Where is the lamb? And I think it really shows that Abraham's complete faith and trust in God and the fact that he didn't bring a backup just in case. And a lot of times when we try to say that we're stepping out in faith, we typically have a backup in mind. We have plan Bs. And I, 
I would go as far to say that those aren't really, uh, uh, they're, they, they, you could say that they're minor steps of faith, but having a no plan B, that's a real raw step of faith where it's like uh, God is going to have to show up or it's not going to work. And this is the mo- this is the thing for Abraham in this moment that where he's going all in believing that God is is going to either uh, we see later in the New Testament where Paul says Abraham believed that God would resurrect Isaac if need be that he truly uh, had this faith that God was going to uh, keep his promise and his word that that Isaac was going to uh, be the lineage for the generations to come, and so he he. He's believed this all is fixated on what God has already said to Abraham as well. So there, there's so much that Abraham is still holding on to from the past and what God has told him, even in this moment, that is causing his faith to only build at this point rather than to be confused or to doubt. He's now just simply believing the miraculous to happen. He, you don't see any ounce of confusion or doubt within this dialogue or this story of Abraham. He just truly trusts God at his word from past till till present and for the future. And that's why he's just having no plan B. He already knows and believes deep in his heart that God will show up and that a miracle is going to happen. And that's why he tells his servants that we both will be returning to you. We are going to go up and we both will come back. And his, his faith is seen in the moment where he says, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. And it, it, it shows the powerful, this powerful faith of Abraham of not having any plan B and just believing that God will show up in some way and show out. And I, I must add that the symbolism behind here is, is just so powerful because it is all pointing to this the lamb being a sacrifice and we we know that later on that Jesus is called the 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 lamb of God the son of God and that it was in this moment if we were to just you know imagine for a moment imagine for a moment that uh that this is the 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 testing in which God chooses uh it's because of this testing moment that Abraham has that God chooses to send his own son in place of this moment right now to make an atonement for the world. And it's all the symbolism on the Lamb of God. And and I think it's very symbolic too that even for Isaac, that he's carrying the wood, that he's carrying the um that he's took the wood for the burnt offerings and is lay, has it laid on his shoulders. It's symbolic of how Jesus later on carries the wood of the cross on his shoulder, uh, on his shoulders as he walks to Mount Gilgal. It, and it just shows the uh, this powerful, powerful symbolism of what Jesus will soon be doing. Now let's go into this last part of the passage, and that's in Genesis chapter twenty-two. Verses 9 through 14. It says, Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood, and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out with his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not reach out your hand against the boy, and do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, 
your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So this last point, we're going to talk about the Lamb of God. And I want us to really emphasize that all scripture always points to Jesus. All scripture always points to Jesus. I think that it, as we are like coming to the close of Abraham's life, we see that everything is pointing to Jesus. Think about how many lessons we have pulled from this man and his experiences, all for it to end by it pointing to the Lamb of God being in, uh, in the place, that God provides a way of salvation through Jesus Christ. In the very first, like, one of the, uh, the most prominent initial people of Scripture that we find in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we find Abraham, and his story points to Jesus. And it, the, the, the symbolism is just so powerful because a, um, a lamb is simply a, a baby sheep, while a ram is an adult male sheep. And it, it shows the incredible symbolism of Jesus being the Lamb of God and it being this, this ram in this moment shows Jesus as this adult man taking the place, taking the place of mankind on the cross. And it, it, the, the, way that, the way that we see this story end, it also shows that for Isaac himself, again, he's a young man at this point, and it doesn't the scripture doesn't share this passage doesn't say that there is a sign of struggle it says it it, it literally says that um that abraham uh, uh laid his son on the altar that he bound his son but he, it doesn't talk anything about kicking or screaming it doesn't talk anything about like a a violent dialogue it doesn't uh talk about his son trying to run away but it shows this this extreme trust that Isaac had in his father Abraham that even as he's being bound to be laid on an altar that he trusted his father and his father's faith think about how Abraham is expressing his faith that we just talked about to his son saying I mean it sounds crazy to think of explaining to your child God is going to provide God is going to to uh, no matter what son I know that God is faithful and you are my long-awaited promise, and I and God has promised that you will carry on generations to come. And so, don't let this moment scare you. But whether uh, God uh, miraculously re uh, uh, causes you to resurrect, or whether something happens, God will do it. I don't know how, but God is going to. It's like uh, it, it shows this. Um, I show. I think it shows this really incredible nature of trust between father and son in this display because uh, Isaac has known his father his entire life. He's seen him worship God. And so he, he sees this authentic relationship that Abraham has with God. And because he sees that relationship ongoing, he has seen God move in Abraham's life and act in miraculous ways. Think about uh, this is a time with, without any television, without any kind of entertainment. The way that they would entertain each other back then is by talking about the, their lineage and their stories. And so think about how often 
uh, Isaac would ask Abraham, tell me that, that time that God showed up again. Tell me that, that one story where God did a miracle. Tell me that story again. So even Isaac's faith is, is, is strong at this moment because he witnessed his father's faith. I think it speaks volumes to us, whether we're a father now or a father in the future, of how much our decisions will affect the, the way our children see God. The faith that we have now, the decisions we have now, the way that we worship God now will uh, influence and affect the way that our children worship God later, the way that our children trust God later. We are setting the example for them to stand on our shoulders in faith so that they could have greater faith than us by seeing the faith started in us. So it's, it's really a powerful thing to, to witness how just as all scripture always points to Jesus, I believe that everything in our lives should, in a sense, point to Jesus. That that we are that we are trying to make every part, uh, every facet of our life, from our children to our work to 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 our marriages to every kind of relationship, every kind of moment in our lives, to where we are implanting Jesus to be the focal point of everything that we do, and. It's to sum this all up, to know that that God provided a way for Abraham because of this this testing of his faith. And when I think about the the times where I felt tested in my faith, God certainly shows up. Um, he he does, and sometimes it feels like it's like the last minute. But uh, I mean, there's uh, there's so many times where like uh, I'll share an example um, for me, like where I've seen God show up. And it's through like tithing, and I'm not sharing this story as a as a manipulative way to try to coerce anyone to tithe, but uh, but truly as a genuine uh, example of how I've seen God show up in my life. And there's been time and time again where, especially since we started the church and our finances drastically changed, it's been so many times where I've made choices to tithe uh, even over payments that were past due. I remember the first time that. Um, I the first time I uh, had to choose between paying my tithe and making a car payment, and it was like the first time where I was like felt so conflicted and so confused about this idea of God providing, and and it's it's one thing to trust God with your surplus, but to trust God with your lack, it, it felt completely different. And I remember it was the first time I tithed in tears. And trusting God, even though everything in me did not want to do that, was, I really look at it as like a moment where I was, my heart was able to be tested. And that very night, I went to um, a, a Brandeis High School to serve at a club, a high school club where I was ministering to students there. And there's this one kid that, uh, uh, if you've ever worked or volunteered in youth ministry, there's usually kids that get picked up way late, like way later than they need to be. <laughs> And as I was waiting for this kid, this last kid to be picked up, all the other leaders left, all the other volunteers left, all the other uh, high school students left. And I was like, I'll wait with me and I don't want you to wait alone. And as we were waiting there, I was just talking to him. And all of a sudden he, he just says, man, I, I got uh, I to gotta say, uh, God told me to give you some money. And I was like, that's okay, man. <laughs> Like, I felt like so pathetic. Like, wow, I got teenagers offering me money. Like I'm, uh, like I'm this homeless person. And he's like, no, seriously, God, God has been telling me to give it to you all night, and I've been holding back, but I really want to give it to you. And I was like, seriously, kid, like you don't need to do that. It, like it's okay. And I needed it, but I was like, no. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I don't. 
bro, I don't even know if this is necessarily ethical for me to receive money from you. <laughs> like it's, this is, it's, I just don't know. And he's like, and then he says, please just let me give it to you so that I can have peace about it. And, and I knew that feeling. I knew what he was talking about. So I finally just like, all right, man, like, okay, thanks. And he hands me the money and it was literally the exact amount of money that I had tied that morning. And uh, it was uh, it was just such a, a miraculous moment for me. For him, he's like, I just got to get this off my chest. And for me, it was God showing up. It was God providing. And it was a simple thing of, like, to me, I've come to realize that money is so fickle. Money comes and money goes. And we really shouldn't put so much heart into it as much as we do. But it was just a moment where I was able to reflect and see God's goodness and God's provision and just, like, in a seemingly ordinary way, it was a miracle to me. In the same way that this ram just happened to be caught in this thicket, it was a miracle for Abraham. It was a seemingly ordinary scenario, but because it was the exact right timing, at the exact time that it was needed, it was a miracle. And that's often how God works in, in those seemingly ordinary instances that are beyond perfect timing. And those moments happen when we when we step out in faith with no plan B. So I say all that to, to close on this. If, if you feel like you have been having like a plan B when it comes to Jesus in your faith, I feel like a, a lot of times Christians have a plan B about God. Well, if things don't work out, I'm going to just go back to the way things were before. If, if God doesn't uh, answer me this, if, if I feel this way or that way, people have like these plan Bs in their minds about faith. And if throughout this message you're realizing that um, you you need to step into that raw faith of not having a plan B and you're ready to do that, I would urge you to not make let another day go by, but to really make a strong decision to just go all in with Jesus, to just really uh, understand that all of your life is pointing to Him, that everything from your childhood, everything from teenage years, everything in our adulthood, our, our adulthood points to Jesus, and if you allow yourself to see that, you will you will realize that 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 God is providing something incredibly beautiful for you to experience, and that's an authentic relationship with Him. It's it's so much more than just hell insurance. He has a he has truly a, a beautiful, uh, abundant life to experience within um, <laughs> within uh, within this world. So if you if that is you, I urge you to. To have your own conversation with Jesus today, uh, make that decision. Don't let another day go by, um, and you don't need me to lead you through a pray, pretty prayer. You can just pray that yourself. Um, that being said, I'm going to pray us out. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the, uh, this group of men. And I pray that you finish what you started in us and help us to have more audacious faith. In Jesus' name, Amen.